This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am turning into my mother. If this is your first episode, I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for joining me. But it used to make me crazy that my mom would always sing constantly, everywhere. In the house, in the grocery store, in the car, in school, everywhere. And, I mean, she's a musician, so I guess it makes sense. But now I realize that, like, I say hello as a song on a regular basis. Not just here on the podcast, either. So, Mom, I know you listen. It's been a long time coming and we've both seen it coming, but in many ways, I am your daughter. Anyways, welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am super excited that you are here. And as you have probably heard me say, if you've been listening to the show for a while, this show is very specifically here to help you. If you can hear my voice right now, I am talking to you. This is not just my fun platform to share my thoughts, though absolutely my thoughts are a huge part of this. The reason I share them is purely with the intent to help you help yourself. So this show is a two-way street. And I think many of you take full advantage of that emailing me, requesting podcast topics, etc. Thank you. Keep doing that. But for some of you, it has been up till this point kind of a one-way street. And I'm the only one on the road, right? I put out the episodes, you listen to them, the end. But I want to say to you that truly, this is not lip service in any way. This is your show. And the purpose of this show is to help you help yourself, to help you become a healthier, happier version of you. So whether you are a newer listener or a longtime listener, I am talking to you when I say, if you're struggling with something and you haven't reached out, if you have a question, what are you waiting for? This is your show. And it's such an amazing day and age in which we live, right? That we have the opportunity to do that. And I mean it when I say it. I am here to help you. So let's use this platform as a tool to do just that. The other day on Instagram, if you are following me there, my handle on Instagram is really tough to remember, at Elizabeth Benton. I posted in my Instagram stories, which is different from my feed. My feed is the white and teal checkered thingies. The story is when you click the picture of my face, you can see for 24 hours different things. Anyway, in my stories, not my feed, I shared with you that I wanted to do a Q&A episode, question and answer, and you guys were so awesome about sending in topics and questions. I think I'm going to have to bring it into two episodes because there were so many, and I love that. The way I think I'm going to break it up, just sort of drawn the mental divider line in my head. Today, I want to talk about binge eating, the holidays, turning to food for emotional purposes like loneliness, etc., negativity, all of that. And then in the next episode, we'll classify the other types of questions that came in that aren't on the relationship with food side of things, but are like about workout recovery. There was a question in there about starting a business, um, stomach acid and related issues and tactics for keeping that at an optimal level, sleep, etc. So in the next episode, we'll talk about the more science, nutrition, endocrinology side of things. And in today's, we'll be talking about binge eating, the holidays, and all of the nuances that go into that. A couple of things that I want to lead with. Number one, if you hear weird background noise, I apologize in advance. I try really hard to not record podcast episodes when it's raining because I know that can get picked up a little bit and I know it distracts some of you. It is raining now. Um, It's sort of eased off, but it doesn't look like it's going to stop. might pick up. 
I have to record right now. If there was a way around it, I would absolutely do it differently. But I've got a webinar after this. I'm leaving town. I'm recording my audiobook as soon as I get back into town. So thank you for understanding. If you hear what might come across to you as a little bit of static or I don't even really know, but it is raining and it does tend to pick up on the mic. So I apologize and I thank you for your patience. The other thing I wanted to share before we go specifically to your questions, you've mentioned or you haven't mentioned, I have mentioned before that with my 12 Weeks to Transformation clients and my Master's Club clients, I share daily coaching audios with them. So seven days a week, they get a voice message from me Sometimes it is a challenge or a perspective that I want them to carry through their day. Other times it is something to inspire and motivate and excite them. And other times it's very real life thoughts on how I coach myself. So it could be sharing a hard moment that I went through and the way that I processed it. And sometimes I'll actually just hit record when I'm in a hard moment, either emotionally struggling or facing temptation, and in real time, I will share with them how I coach myself, the thought processes and the tactics and the strategies and the redirects I use in my own life in those moments. And from the feedback I get from my clients, those ones tend to be the ones they enjoy the most because they're really practical and they get to see what these theories and ideas and concepts look like in practice. Since my clients find them so helpful, I thought I would share with you a little bit of real life coaching of myself specific to some big things I have coming up. And the reason I'm doing this at the start of this episode is because these things are happening in my life over the next week. And since we're talking about holidays and binge eating and weekends and emotions, it plays into that very synergistically. This coming weekend, I will be away for the weekend with some of the folks in the Primal Potential Masters Club. It's not an Ascend event. I don't want anybody to think you've like missed out on a big Primal Potential event. Since I'm not doing Ascend in 2018, that's like the Primal Potential formal weekend workshop, I decided not to do that in 2018 because of the book and some other stuff going on. And because of that, my Master's Club and I like to connect whenever we can. So we got together for a weekend back in the spring. We're doing that again this coming weekend. It involves, you know, a flight, a day of travel, a weekend away, all of that. And then I get back Monday evening, by the time I get back to the Cape, Tuesday morning, after being away for three, four days, I will, four days really with travel, I go right into the recording studio for four days, potentially five, of recording my audiobook which is super exciting, all great things, but at the same time, my normal routine out the window for a full week. So I thought that I would take a few minutes to share how I navigate that. What is my process when I will be traveling out of town, spending great quality time with people I really consider friends in the Masters Club, and then long days in a recording studio when I don't really know, will the days be 12 hours? Will they be 16 hours? What will meal breaks look like? No idea whatsoever. How will I take great care of myself when there are many variables outside of my control? It would be so easy to say, ah, screw it. There's just too much to worry about. I just have to survive. I can't handle worrying about food or anything like that, workouts, etc. I don't know what the Masters Club is going to want to eat. I don't know if I'll have meal breaks when I'm recording. I can't get to the gym and get my work done and spend eight hours a day recording. It would be easy to focus on what I don't know and what I can't do. But there is always a lot that I do know and I can do. And that is what I choose to focus on. 
There is, of course, no right way, and there's certainly more than one way to feel really great about your choices while you're away, because a lot of it has to do with what makes you feel amazing and what is an improvement for you and what's really worth it for you. I'm just sharing how I will approach this based on where I am, what my priorities are, and what makes me feel my best. And this is the approach I take, whether it is a trip for work, or it is being in a recording studio, or it's Christmas, or Thanksgiving, or anything like, or I'm sick. First question I ask myself is, what parts of my routine, my normal life, can I keep? And without exception, my morning routine can stay. Yeah, the timing will have to shift, especially on a day where I have a 7 a.m. flight, which means needing to be at the airport at 5.30 and the fact that the airport is an hour and a half away from where I live. All of those are factors, but that is something I can stick to. Waking up, journaling, drinking water, drinking coffee, meditating, getting some work done, getting in a workout, that is something that I can keep. Even when I'm with the Masters Club, even when I have to be at the recording studio at 8 a.m., even on days I'm traveling, the fact that I don't usually eat breakfast because I'm not usually hungry, I can keep that as part of my routine as well. I don't need to eat breakfast when I'm with the Masters Club just because some of them will eat breakfast. I wouldn't want them to not eat breakfast just because I don't, right? I don't need to eat a huge breakfast before I go into the recording studio in case I get hungry later because if I get hungry later, I'll eat later. I'm a grown-up. I get to say, I'm really hungry. I'm going to stop and get something to eat. Often we create artificial limitations, like saying, oh, I better eat something in the morning in case da-da-da-da-da. Well, that hasn't happened yet, so I'm not going to make up a problem and respond to something that I've created in my imagination. Now, like always, if I am hungry in the morning, I will eat in the morning, but that is my normal routine. Usually I'm not, so usually I don't, and if I am, then I do, but it's not oh, I better eat because they're eating, or I better eat in case I can't later. I'm going to keep as much that is can be the same, the same. When I'm out of town with the Masters Club, guess what? I'm going to go to the gym in the morning because that is a priority to me, and it makes me feel really great. And it's not like it cuts into massive amounts of time with them. I can be in and out of the gym in 30 minutes or less. So I look up gyms ahead of time and I'll be sure to wake up early enough to incorporate that into my day. I'm better when I'm doing those things. I'm happier, I'm more focused, I'm more present, I sleep better. It's not only better for me, but it's also better for the people that I'm with. So that is a priority. And it's not well, I don't care if they think that it's, you know, wrong of me to go to the gym instead of spending time with them. I give them more credit than that, right? I believe that they are more open-minded than that. And even if it was family or people that didn't necessarily understand or support that choice, they don't have to understand and support that choice. It's my choice and I don't need their buy-in. On top of that, specifically when I'm away with the Masters Club, it's the example I want to set, not just for them, but for everybody in my life, that I prioritize the things that are important to me. And I don't say that in like a condescending teaching kind of way, but I want to model that because I want them to do that. I want them to prioritize the things that are important to them. If one of my Masters Club clients breaks away in the middle of something we're doing in the afternoon because they need to meditate or FaceTime with their kids. I want them to prioritize the things that are important to them. So I will do the same. Absolutely. For sure. I'll get in my workout and then I'll spend the day with them. And here's the other thing. 
whether it's a travel day or it's a day with the master's club or it's a day in the studio, the way I eat won't change because the way I eat is specific to how I want to feel. So since how I want to feel when I'm with the master's club is my best and how I want to feel when I'm in the studio is my best and how I want to feel when I'm traveling and on Christmas and on a random Tuesday is my best, then I'm going to eat in a way that makes me feel my best. Period. It's pretty simple. So when I'm traveling with the master's club, recording or on Thanksgiving, it's going to stay pretty consistent. Somebody uh, responded to my inquiry on Instagram about questions for the podcast saying, can you talk about how to be gluten-free when traveling? I know this is a little bit of an aside, but not really. The same way that you would eat when you're trying to be gluten-free at home, right? Don't overcomplicate it. How to be gluten-free when you're traveling, don't eat gluten, which means if you aren't sure, ask. There are people who physically cannot eat gluten or they will become really, really ill. And it's not that those people are homebound. They're absolutely not. They just have to be more intentional when they're eating out and say, does this contain gluten? Was it prepared with things that have had cross-contamination? You just have to be a little bit more diligent. But we often overcomplicate it like, oh, that'll be really hard. And so then we throw in the towel because we've anticipated a struggle as opposed to just facing it, dealing with it, and keeping it really simple. How to be gluten-free when you're traveling? Don't eat gluten. And if you aren't sure, ask. And reminding yourself that there are people who physically will become ill and hospitalized if they consume gluten. And those people can travel wherever they want. They just have to be a little bit more diligent. And so do you. Along those same lines, the way that I eat won't change when I travel, when I'm with the master's club, or when I'm in the recording studio. And that is true with the way that I drink. So I don't regularly drink alcohol, maybe once or twice a month. So I probably won't drink when I'm with the master's club because I don't normally drink when I'm not with them, right? I did order wine from Thrive Market because they just launched their clean wines and also because I know and accept that many of my Master's Club members do drink, and I think that's great, and I think they should. Just like I don't want to deviate from my normal when I'm with them, I don't want them to deviate from their normal when they're with me. So I bought wine, and I'm happy about it, and I'm excited for them to tell me all about the new clean wines from Thrive Market, which we'll talk about towards the end because um, I really want you guys to know about it, especially with the holidays coming up, because not only are they better for you, but not having the added sugar also means feeling better the next day, fewer headaches, less of a hangover, etc. Um, so we'll talk more about that. But because I don't usually drink, well, I'm just probably not going to drink. It's not a hard and fast rule that I have for myself, but... The choices I make are with the intent of feeling my best. And generally speaking, alcohol doesn't make me feel my best. And so generally speaking, I don't drink very much. I absolutely could create a story that says, oh, but I should drink. I mean, we never get together and everybody else will be drinking. But what I know is true is that I either convince myself that I should or I convince myself to do what makes me feel my best, right? It's one or the other. What does the frequency of how often I see them have to do with alcohol? Nothing. And what does everybody else have to do with alcohol? Nothing. I mean, that's just the story that I tell myself. It's not relevant how often I see them. It's not relevant what they choose to do. What is relevant is how I want to feel. Side note, again, I have done a whole episode on airport binges, and I will link to that. Actually, it might have been a blog, but whatever it was, I'm going to link to it in the show notes, which are at primalpotential.com forward slash 534. Um, so the travel days are something that has dramatically changed for me. I used to use a day, I don't know why, how, 
I talked myself into this, but it was basically like it was a special occasion. And so I'd eat whatever, primarily because I was bored and there wasn't much else to do. And so the way that I would pass the time, give myself something to do is I would eat and I could easily spend 30 bucks in one of the Hudson News Airport stores just buying all sorts of stuff that wasn't worth it. But I just eat the whole travel day. But now the way I eat when I'm traveling is not different from the way I eat when I'm not traveling. There's not much in an airport that I'm going to find that I think is worth the indulgence and worth feeling tired afterwards. Because for me, and I'm not suggesting this is true for you, but what is true for me is that when I overindulge, I physically feel slower and more tired. And there's not much that's worse than traveling and also feeling terrible, right? This isn't about discipline to me. It's about I want to feel my best. And I want to be a person who is consistent. I find inconsistency exhausting, both physically and emotionally. And there is enough that happens in my life that makes me feel less than I want to feel emotionally. I'm not going to invent things, choose things that lead to that emotional volatility. No thanks. That's going to come into my life on its own. I want to be consistent. The other thing, and this is more specific to my strategy for the four days-ish that I'll be in the recording studio, there's a lot that's unknown. I, I don't know how tiring it will be to professionally read my book, which is totally different than just like talking all day, right? But reading and the focus and the emotion into the book and all of that, like I don't know how I'll feel after eight, 12, 16 hour days of that on end immediately after being away from from home with the Master's Club for a weekend. So what I know is I'll ask for help. If that means I spend a little bit more money on food that week because maybe I order out my favorite uh, oven roasted wings and a salad, maybe it means asking my boyfriend, which I rarely ask for help, but if it means saying, hey, can you bring me this or can you help prepare this or would you be willing to cook this for me? I absolutely will. Or asking a friend, which I almost never do, but sometimes we just have to not be so stubborn and be willing to say it would be helpful if I had help. So I am going to help myself by asking. The key to all of this is for me Focusing on what I want, how I want to feel, and what I can control instead of focusing on what I don't want or what I don't want to miss out on or what I can't control. So I know that wasn't exactly in line with the Q&As. We are going to get to your questions in just a second, but those are the kinds of coaching moments, like how I coach myself and the strategies I take that I share with my clients and they find helpful. So I would love to know from you guys if it's helpful for you to hear that, if I went into enough detail, if you want more detail, if it wasn't helpful at all, you can either direct message me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton or you can leave a comment in the show notes. Let's talk about your questions. And as is always the case, when I share my answers, these are just my opinions based on my personal experience, based on how I created transformation in my own life and the work that I do with my clients, you don't have to agree. We will likely see some things, if not most things, differently. And that's cool. That's great. That's the way it should be. And you get to decide how you operate. So I'm not instructing you. I'm not trying to convince you. I am just giving you a different way to think about it and a strategy that you can try on for size and decide for yourself. Whether you agree with my strategy or or you don't, I would say just do something. Try something. Show up to be a better version of yourself in a situation that challenges you because life is short and you are worth it and you can feel better if you try. So the first question that came in was, how can I navigate the holidays with family in from out of town? Great question. And there's a lot 
in my thoughts that probably overlaps with what I just shared about my upcoming trip. My perspective here is that having family come in is a lot easier, in my opinion, than being away because you can control many more variables. But both situations, having family in and traveling away to see friends or family or being on vacation, both are totally manageable, especially with the right attitude. And it is your attitude and your mindset that really set you up for either failure or success here. You will either decide that you want to feel as good as you can and you're willing to think about what that means and act on it, or you will decide that you just don't care. Whatever, I'll deal with it later. You either convince yourself that you want to feel your best and do your best, or you will convince yourself, talk yourself into, sell yourself the story of, eh, I'll start after the holidays. You are convincing yourself either way, and that is the most important choice. It's less about all the temptations and all the cravings and more about how you're convincing yourself. I can walk into my aunt's house on Thanksgiving and see the total dessert table and convince myself that I want it all, or I can also convince myself that I don't. Truly, it is what story you decide to tell yourself. I can go in there and be like, oh my gosh, that looks amazing, and that looks amazing, and that looks amazing, and oh, you know, it's just one day. I'll do better tomorrow. I will talk myself into overindulging with that story, or I can walk in and go, you know what? It's just not worth it. I've had it all before. I don't want to feel like crap tomorrow. I can leave here feeling amazing. And that is worth way more to me. And I brought this XYZ dish and I'm still going to be able to eat plenty and I can use my time to connect with my family. You're convincing yourself either way. And that is the biggest piece that most people miss. They set themselves up by expecting perfection. I'm not going to have dessert and I'm not going to have seconds and I'm not going to do this. But meanwhile, they walk in and they convince themselves to overeat and they convince themselves to go hog wild on dessert. Your mindset and your perspective are a choice. You choose that perspective. And for me, I decide I want to feel great. That doesn't mean that I am or think you should be a purist. I'm not a purist. I think it's important to ask yourself, what's really worth it? What's not worth it? Right? For me, grocery store cookies, not worth it. My mom's homemade Lazy Susan cookies, yeah, probably worth it. Mashed potatoes, not worth it. I've had them a million times before. It's not that I don't like them. I actually do like them a lot. But I don't like how they make me feel. And knowing that I want to feel amazing that day and the next day, I'm probably not going to feel amazing if I do starch and dessert. And I'd rather have dessert, right? So you don't have to be a purist, but I think you do have to stay connected to how do I want to feel? So whether people are coming in for the holidays or you're leaving for the holidays, how do you want to feel? How do you not want to feel? And what does that look like? What does that entail? Separate yourself from what other people do. You would not be okay with your child doing what everybody else was doing. Like, oh, everybody else is drinking. Oh, everybody else is having sex. Wait, hold up. That is not how you want your child to navigate a party. So it's not how you should navigate a party. Like, oh, everybody's having dessert. Everybody's drinking. Everybody's having seconds. We don't do what everybody does. We do what makes us feel our best, right? And it is a practice. If I'm away for a vacation or the holidays or whatever, and everybody's having pancakes for breakfast, well, is that going to make me feel my best? Is it really worth it? Am I even hungry? You get to stay really connected to that. Stay mindful. Don't check out. It all comes back to your mindset. Your perspective. Are you deciding that today matters? What you do today matters. This choice matters and you want to feel great? Or are you convincing yourself, meh, 
I don't really care. I'll start tomorrow. Right? For me, the who cares I'll start tomorrow perspective always made me feel terrible. And I've decided that my life is too short to feel terrible. I still indulge. But I really want to stay connected to how do I do this in a way that I still feel amazing, which is about being selective, making sure it's worth it, not doing something just because other people are, not finishing something that's not worth it because I started it. And really looking at, you know, when it comes to indulging, whether we're talking about binge eating, which we'll talk about in a minute, or we're talking about the holidays or travel, we're looking for some kind of reward. And when people are struggling, the reward they're seeking usually is something that comes from food. But if you just stop to ask yourself, or alcohol, if you just stop to ask yourself, what is the reward that I'm seeking in this moment. And then you can recognize, well, you know, I, I that cookie looks good. Like I want to taste that cookie or the pie or the drink or whatever it is. What is that reward? Identify it. And then is that really what I want? Like is that the kind of reward that I want? And for me, feeling really good physically and emotionally and mentally is a greater reward than the 12 seconds of the lint truffle, right? But thinking that way requires that I pay attention. And that is a choice. If you check out, it's not going to work. And it's not because the strategy doesn't work. It's because you didn't work. That is why I so strongly recommend journaling. I journal to start every single day, including holidays, including Sundays, including days when I am rushed or I don't feel like it. And I ask myself, what does it look like to win the day? How do I want to feel and what will that take? Some of my clients will say to me, I mean, that just doesn't work for me. And it's because, frankly, they're half-assing it. Their heart isn't in it. It's kind of like saying affirmations in a half-hearted way where you're like, I have one good choice in me. And then you're simultaneously thinking, yeah, tomorrow. Just, just not this one. Sure, I have one good choice in me. It's just not this one right here. You're half-assing it. And I say, bring your whole ass. When you cut corners... You're cheating yourself, right? You're here and you're taking your precious time to listen to this podcast. At least give yourself the benefit of really engaging in these strategies, whether it's your journal or it's asking yourself questions, because if you don't, it won't work. And it's not because the strategy doesn't work. It's because you didn't work. That's my sense on the holidays. Next question came in. It would be helpful to me if you would talk about binge eating again. I know you've done episodes on it in the past, but a reminder would be helpful. Okay, let's talk about binge eating. And I will link to past podcast episodes. There's at least three or four of them and at least one blog that I've written about it. I'm going to link to those in the show notes. So if binge eating is something that you want to learn more about, and I apologize again for the rain, guys. I, I know that for some of you, the, the distraction in the background noise drives you bonkers, and yeah, it's raining. Um, go to primalpotential.com forward slash 534, because under the word resources, you'll see linked to those episodes, and those are episodes where the entire episode is devoted to binge eating. So if you really want to uh, dive into those strategies, even if you've heard those episodes before, maybe it's that you need to like revisit the work versus the information. So definitely check that out. Here's the thing about binge eating. It happens when you talk yourself into it. Binge eating happens because you talked yourself into it. It begins with the decision to buy the food or walk to the food or grab the food from the pantry. You will never hear me advocate for distractions like call a friend, go for a walk. No. 
you first have to look at how you talk yourself into it. And that's going to be unique for everybody. But when you understand how you are making a case for it, how are you how you are convincing yourself to do it, that's where you're going to find your greatest opportunity to make a change. When I identified how I was talking myself into it, I realized that not only was it not true, the argument I was using to convince myself to binge wasn't true, it also didn't work. It didn't get me what I wanted. And I don't mean binging didn't help me lose weight. I mean, obviously, right? That's true. But what I mean is I told myself I was turning to it because I was stressed and it was like a stress reliever, but it wasn't. It created more stress. And everybody is going to talk themselves into it differently and it's going to take a little bit of work to recognize because you might not even be paying a whole lot of attention as you talk yourself into it, but it is happening and it will be different for everybody. Keep that in mind as I share what was true for me. One of the ways I would convince myself or talk myself into binging was saying, I'll just get it out of my system. And then I'll be really motivated tomorrow. But that wasn't true. It never got it out of my system. There was never a case where binging so hard made me never want to do it again. No, that was true with Malibu rum in college, but that was not true with binge eating and food. When I realized that I was lying to myself, here's what I started to think. If I had a friend who repeatedly lied to me, that person would not be my friend anymore. If I had a spouse who repeatedly lied to me, that person would not be my spouse anymore. And I would feel wronged by them. So why in the world was it okay for me to hold others to a higher standard than the one to which I held myself? I don't want to be a hypocrite. That's awful. And it's not fair to the people in my life. So if it's not okay for my best friend or my spouse or my sister to lie to me, then you better be damn sure that it is not okay for me to lie to myself. So uncovering these lies was a big breakthrough for me because I was like, look, if I want to binge, then let's be honest about it. It's going to make me feel like crap. I'm going to regret it. I'm going to wish I hadn't done it and I'm going to feel worse afterwards. I hate being overweight. Binge eating is a big part of the problem, but if I am going to choose to binge eat, let's own the fact that this is going to compound the problem that I'm so desperate to solve and also make me feel worse. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to be honest about it. Period. Right? Because I'm not going to be a hypocrite and not let others lie to me while I sit here and lie to myself for a living. No. Not happening. Not this girl. Not me. I would tell myself that it makes me feel better. But then I started to say, is that true? No. It makes me feel less for the duration of the eating, but then worse. So there's no better in it. Less for a minute, then worse. It's kind of like hurting your hand and then saying you have to bang your foot with a hammer because it makes your hand hurt less. No, it doesn't. It just distracts you for a short period of time from the fact that your hand hurts and then you have a bigger problem because your hand and your foot hurt and you're lying to yourself on top of it. Binge eating is basically the same thing. The other strategy that I want to mention related to binge eating and definitely check out all the episodes that I've done before on this topic Connect to the day you're in, right? Because oftentimes when we binge eat, we are not in any way connected to today. We're sort of dismissing today. This is a freebie. This is a pass. I'll do better tomorrow. But one of the most effective ways to change your whole life, your finances, your career, your health, your happiness, is to practice fully, meaningfully, and wholeheartedly connecting to the day that you are in. What do I want today? How do I want to feel today? What's an improvement that I can claim for myself just for today? What do I really want? And what do I really want? And am I willing to endure the discomfort of this temptation or this desire to binge? Like, do I want to overcome binging enough 
that I am willing to feel the discomfort of saying no to a binge. And be honest with yourself. If you are going to binge, then say to yourself, no, I'm not willing to say no to this binge. I don't want to beat this badly enough that I won't binge today. The food matters more to me than overcoming this. Like, be honest with yourself. That is a step in the right direction. You convince yourself to binge, and you can also convince yourself not to. I obviously have a lot more to say about that, so just go to primalpotential.com forward slash 534, and you'll find links to all the past episodes I've done on binging. Another question was, what are some weight loss friendly side dish options to bring to family dinners? This depends solely on what do you love and what will you look forward to eating? That's got to be the starting point, right? Because I could list out five things and you could go meh to all of them. So begin with, well, what would I love and look forward to eating? That is where it has to start. So I'm happy to share some of my favorites and these will be sort of holiday themed because that's where we're kind of focusing on today and that's the time of the year that we are in. But it's got to start with what would you really look forward to eating? I am planning on doing like a full holiday menu idea blog post, but it won't be until after I finish my audiobook. So uh, like probably a week before Thanksgiving. And I will, of course, let you guys know when that is up on the blog. I always bring something but I make sure that it's something that I can't wait to eat, that I will really enjoy. Because just bringing something healthy to bring something healthy when even you don't want it, not an effective strategy. My dad used to make this amazing carrot and parsnip mash. Carrots obviously have a natural sweetness and they mash really well. Parsnips have a little bit of like spice to them. I don't really know of another way to describe it, but a little bit of bite. So the the combination of mashed carrots with mashed parsnips is a really great blend of sweet and spice. I still make this one, especially for the holidays, and I don't have a recipe. And I also think that is totally fine because I don't believe you need one. Uh, I just think people who are like, oh my God, I need a recipe for that. Or... You can try, like, this is so simple. Just hear me out. I've never had a recipe for it. I make it a little bit differently every time, and it's amazing every time. And even if I gave you a recipe, your palate is different, so I would rather have you tweak and adjust as you go to make it how you want it. I'm not a recipe girl. I don't want to be a recipe girl. My palate is different from everybody else's, and I think that with the exception of, like, really complex dishes... You can wing it just fine. So the way that I do this dish is you get a couple of bags of carrots and a couple of bags of parsnips, chop them, peel them, and then boil them until you can pierce them with a fork. Drain the water out, mash them. You can mash them by hand in a food processor, in a blender, with a hand mixer. Don't matter. Don't matter at all. And then... To your preference for texture and flavor, add butter, salt, and a little bit of nutmeg. If you don't like nutmeg, don't use nutmeg. If you want to use cinnamon instead, use cinnamon instead. If you just want to do butter and salt, cool, whatever you like. And if you want to, if you're a dairy person, you can add a little bit of heavy cream. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Give that one a try. Also, I love cauliflower. So you can do cauliflower mash. You can do cauliflower soups. If you go to primalpotential.com and you search cauliflower, you will find a whole recipe roundup that I did with cauliflower stuff. And that uh, is always a good option. Those are all veggie options that I've given so far. But like bacon wrapped anything to just throw some meat in there all hardcore Bacon-wrapped chicken, bacon-wrapped stuffed jalapenos, bacon-wrapped shrimp, bacon-wrapped scallops. Now I feel like Bubba Gump and the shrimp and whatever movie that was. Um, Yeah, just figure out what you would really look forward to and do that. Next question. Can you talk about loneliness and turning to food for comfort, especially when you have nothing to do? Oh, friend, 
I could talk about this for eons because I think this was a big reason that I turned to food for so long. Let's talk about loneliness. The only way that food would be a solution here is if the reason for your loneliness is that there's not enough food around, right? And I know that's not it for you. Loneliness is about lack of connection with others most of the time. But it's rarely like, gee, I feel so lonely because my fridge isn't full, right? If that's the, you know, go grocery shopping. But for most people, it's lack of connection with others. If your problem is that you're cold, reading a book doesn't help. So if your problem is that you're lonely, eating doesn't help. This comes back to being honest with yourself and refusing to lie to yourself. And it also comes down to thinking in complete thoughts. Wait, if the problem here that I'm trying to solve is loneliness, how do I solve that? How do I build deeper, richer, more meaningful connections in my life? How can I use my time right now to do that instead of turning to something that makes me feel less because feeling less isn't the same as feeling better. A distraction is not the same thing as a solution. If I'm lonely, then what I need to do is build some connections. So maybe that means joining a gym or taking a yoga class or being more friendly to the people that you meet at the things that you're already engaged in and asking people about themselves and showing genuine curiosity and interest in other people instead of being a wallflower. Get on a dating site, reach out to old friends, go for a hike with a family member, but solve the real problem. With the Masters Club, we use this thing called the Five Habit Tracker. You can Google Five Habit Tracker and we'll come right up. But one of my daily habits for months and months, and I really need to get back to this and I'm going to get back to this, was building relationships. And so every single day I demanded of myself that I do one thing to build a relationship with somebody that was not a client and the reason for that is like, I, you know, I can't have my only social circle be clients. I love my clients. But my challenge to myself, the habit to build, was reaching out to somebody who was not a client and it couldn't be the same person two days in a row. So if it was my sister on Tuesday, it couldn't be my sister on Wednesday. If it was my friend Sarah on Thursday, it couldn't be her again on Friday. Um, even if I was already doing something with her on Friday, that didn't count. I had to do something else. Because if your true issue is loneliness, then let's use your energy to solve that instead of doing something that likely makes you isolate more, right? Um, the next question is, how do you handle relationships when you are in the process of improving your relationship with food and evolving your own identity? Well, I think that you can do both at the same time, right? Right? Just the other night, and this is something that I had to learn through practice. So the way that I practice this is by asking myself, how can I leave this interaction and feel proud? Because when I first started losing weight, I very much did limit my social interactions. Even with my husband, who's now my ex-husband, I didn't want to go out to eat. I didn't want to go out to eat with other friends because I felt I had this all or nothing story, which is just a story. It was how I convinced myself like, Oh, if we go out to eat, I'm going to, if we go out to eat, I'm going to eat too much or I'm going to drink too much and there go my goals. But it doesn't have to be that way. So instead, how can I do this and also feel really great about my choices? What does that look like? Not holding myself to the standard of being a perfectionist, but what would be an improvement? It is a skill that I have to build. So maybe that means that when you go out, you decide that you're going to do starch, or alcohol, but not both. Or you're going to do appetizers or dessert, but not both. But what would be an improvement for you? And it's only through practice that we develop this skill. And as with any practice, sometimes you nail it and sometimes you don't. And that's the way it's supposed to be. The other night, my boyfriend invited me to go out to a bar where he was watching the Patriots game with one of his friends. And... My first reaction was like, eh, I don't want to drink and I already ate dinner. And then I was like, what does that have to do with anything? I'm going to go and I'm going to drink water. And so I did. I wasn't hungry. I didn't want to drink. So I had an amazing time and I just drank water. And that is actually fairly common for me. Very routinely, we'll go out to dinner with friends and I'll have dinner and then we'll go to a bar afterwards and I'll drink water. 
you can absolutely make it work. But here's the thing. You have to be looking at what is the solution instead of writing it off or convincing yourself that you can't, right? The next question and probably the last one that we are going to get to on today's episode is, how do you not take on others' negativity and how do you keep your eyes on your own journey? Really, this just comes down to practice. And as far as not taking on the negativity of others, what I have found to be the most helpful realization is not labeling it as their negativity, right? Because when we do that, so-and-so is so negative, my coworkers, my spouse, my family, da 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 that's judgment. That's saying, I see things more positively and they see things more negatively as opposed to what has helped me tremendously is just they see it differently. It's not negative or positive because that's just my perception of it. They're allowed to see life, see situations, respond in their way. We're allowed to operate differently, right? It doesn't make them wrong. You don't have to label it as such. For example, my boyfriend always gets his feathers ruffled about things happening in the news. So I was scrolling through Facebook and then, okay. He's upset, understood. But it's not that he's negative and reactive and I'm positive and, you know, unaffected. It's just that's the way he operates right now and I operate differently. It doesn't make him wrong and me right or me right and him wrong. Whatever it is, my way isn't any more or less right than his way. It's just different. So I think that a big part of this is not labeling it as good or bad or right or wrong. It's just different. Their reactions are just different. The way they see the world is just different than the way you see the world. The way they communicate is just different. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just they operate differently and they don't have to operate by your standards and you don't have to operate by yours. But at the same time, differentiating between their emotional state and your emotional state. My sister can get upset by something and I can understand that she's upset without getting upset about it too. Like it's her reaction and my reaction is different and that's okay, right? Allow people to just be different. Just it's okay. The tension, the rub, the discomfort doesn't come from what they say or what they do. It comes from our desire for them to see it differently or do things differently or respond differently. That's where the tension comes from, not from their reaction, but from our desire to make them do it differently. Just don't do that anymore, right? Who said you're right? Who said your way is the right way? There's, it's not a right or wrong thing. It's just a different thing, you know? As for someone else's journey and keeping your eyes on your own work, it's just not going to help you to insert yourself into somebody else's journey. So you either use your energy and your attention and your time for things that help you or for things that don't. And that too comes down to practice. All right, we're going to break here on the questions and the next episode we're going to talk about the questions about starting a business about things like acidity and how to make sure that you are supporting your body to digest food well. We're going to be talking about anxiety a little bit. We're going to be talking about um, some nutrition stuff, not a lot of mindset stuff in the next episode. And before we go, I know I mentioned, I sort of glossed over it, and I and because the holidays are coming and because I know a lot of you guys enjoy alcohol and more power to you, I want to tell you guys a little bit about this new thing from Thrive Market. I mentioned that they came out with these clean wines and that I ordered a case, I think three bottles of white, three bottles of red for my master's club. Um, and I also want to tell you guys about a meal that I loved recently and a workout that I loved recently. So Clean Wine is a new offering from Thrive Market. And what that means is that the wine is organic and or 
biodynamic, essentially meaning that there's no sugar added. There are no uh, synthetic additives, very minimal sulfites added. They can't say this, but I can. The benefit to this is that you are less likely to get a headache or a hangover because a lot of that comes from the additives and the sugars. So not only is it healthier for you, it's going to make you feel better in the long run as well. Uh, and their price points are absolutely fantastic. They're looking at wine coming from places that really do it right. So we're not looking to, you know, wreck the soil, deplete the soil of nutrients. They're lo looking for farmers uh, and vineyards that really work with the ground and instead of against it, which I really like. And the bottles start at just 12 bucks, right? So you're getting clean wine with no added sugar that's organic in most cases that doesn't have all of these unnecessary additives that you end up putting in your body, right? Like you're you're giving those to your body to deal with unnecessarily. They're free from all of that stuff. It starts at freaking 12 bucks, which is crazy. So if you are looking for a great gift to give to the holidays or a bottle to bring for any sort of holiday party, I think that is an awesome opportunity. And new link, okay? I know we always talk about thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential. That's still good if you're setting up your account from prime, uh, from Thrive Market and you want to get, you know, some of the groceries that I talk about. I think that's awesome. But there is a special deal to introduce you to these clean wines. Ready? I'm going to give it to you now. I'm also going to put it in the show notes. thrivemarket.com forward slash primal wine. One word. thrivemarket.com forward slash primal wine. That is different than my normal link, but that's going to get you 25% off your first order of the wines. And it gives you the free 30-day trial to Thrive Market. So you're getting 25% off your first order of the wines. You can do reds only. You can do whites only. You can do a blend. That's what I got. I got a case, three bottles of white, three bottles of red. Um, so if it's something that you're going to be buying anyway, if you're looking for good quality wines in the grocery store and it's really hard to find ones that don't have sugar added, this is a great opportunity. They've really, really done their homework. I have nothing but respect for the way that they are bringing these wines to the market and nothing but admiration for the price point. I mean, you're starting at $12 a bottle and you can get an extra 25% off if you go through thrivemarket.com forward slash primal wine. Give it a shot if you are a wine drinker or if you just want to gift some really affordable wine. Dude, think about 25% off $12. What is that? And that's the cost of giving somebody, maybe a coworker, maybe your boss, maybe your neighbor, a holiday gift. Budget friendly. And you know, I love that. So yeah, check out thrivemarket.com forward slash primal wine. And I will put that link in the show notes over at primalpotential.com forward slash 534. Okay, I want to tell you a meal I loved recently and a workout I loved. The meal, very simple, spaghetti squash. I am obsessed. It's one of my favorite things. And it's so easy to make. Somebody messaged me on Instagram and was like, I don't even know how to make spaghetti squash. Well, it's the easiest vegetable ever, so super simple. Cut it in half long way, scrape the seeds out, put it face down on a baking sheet, bake it until it is, um, it's responsive when you press it firmly with your index finger. So I literally just like, put my finger into the oven, don't touch anything hot, and press down on the outside of the squash. And when it gives a little bit, I take it out. I cook it at 425. I don't think it really matters. You can Google how to cook it. I don't even know if that's what the internet would tell you. That's just how I do it. Then I scrape it out. Then it looks like spaghetti. And I topped it with chicken, tomatoes, basil, and garlic. It was so good. So good. You can also do like a marinara treatment, tomato sauce and ground beef or meatballs or whatever. Amazing. The workout I loved, it was a tough workout. It was four rounds for time, 25 calories on the ski erg, 100 double unders, and 25 banded step ups. Um, so step ups onto a box, but I had a band around my neck going under my foot for extra tension. Amazing workout four rounds for time. 
All right, next episode is going to be a continuation of your questions, a little bit more technical in nature, some nutritional, some anatomical, biochemical, hormonal, business, that sort of stuff. If you've got questions, let me hear them and I will surely incorporate them into an upcoming episode. Have a great day. I'll chat with you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.